Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. extra y'all don't know what kind of shit we go through to get this episode out today so um like share support or i'll slap the shit out of you do it welcome to trenos and the lived experience my name is cameron Eileen maharet Jarrell, aka trenos say that shit with your whole chest or i'll force you to listen to stand by me on repeat for the rest of eternity uh, this is Tranos and the Lived Experience. Uh, this is the show that was never taught how to deal with childhood abandonment. Um, this episode is brought to you by the meeting of Music and Marijuana. Today's episode was inspired by Jimmy's Chicken Shack's 90 single, Do Right. Um, I used to get really high to the song. That's simply put, my parents run around. No one was telling me not to, so I got really high to the song. It was 1999. I was 19 years old. Suck my dick. Um, today's episode, Strain. Uh, is brought to you uh, by Gage, also known as Berry Gelato, better known as Blueberry Gelato. Shit is delicious. Also gelato. called, um, also called a Gelato Berry. It's an uh, indica dominant hybrid marijuana strain made by crossing Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies with blueberry. This strain is potent and produces psychedelic effects that are clearly headed up to, with a function. And um, in large doses, berry gelato will relax you. It's also been touted that it'll make your piscadil work. Hey. <laughs> um, for the trans girls, you know what that means. If you know, you know. Um, especially at 41 years old, we need a little bit of oomph to get that old school firmness. Uh, so um, smoke some gelato and pipe your friends. <laughs> uh, t- today's episode is uh, Team Dead Inside. Welcome back, Team Dead Inside. Hello. And uh, Team Dead Inside presents uh, the Neglecticons saga. Um, intro- it was definitely a saga. Intro- introduce yourselves. Hello, you know who it is. It's Andrew, the Prince of Prickery, and all the other dumb names that I was given. <laughs> Hello. Douche canoe. There you go. <laughs> There's been lots. Not all of them have been nice. And Tracy. We still who thinking of, no name. We still thinking about a name. So like uh hit up the Instagrams and all that other stuff and let us know. Uh that's at uh Tranos Lives and the Tranos. Hit those up and let us know what Tracy's nickname should be. Um it should be respectful. Cause I mean I we I think we got flight money. It's I think no so. It's only a couple hundred bucks. My I thought no if you fly out of Buffalo, you can go basically anywhere. I know direct. there's straight flights out of Rochester now. Like <laughs> I got like I got time. So try us. Uh we wanted to take a steering away from uh, the current uh, trauma that I am facing as an adult. Let's talk about childhood trauma. Yay. <laughs> Let's talk about at least, chi- at least we drama. can remember childhood trauma fondly. You know what I mean? You know, some people will be like, oh, remember the good old days when we used to like run rev shot up and down the street and like our parents you really just, didn't check on us. You would just like, be in Pinnacle Hill for like five hours. Provide us no lunch or anything like that. Like, let's just talk about... Uh, uh, that freedom that we uh we hold so fond is also neglect. 
to to some extent it has to be because uh, i certainly wasn't checking in with mom and dad before we left either it was just oh we got we should be outside playing because it's nice out all right bye tracy let, let, hit us with something from your like from your childhood that you remember that could have been uh why you became a neglecticon what do you mean like uh like an example of running an example of like a time where your parents should have been there and because it was the 80s and the 90s they weren't oh no yeah we just mostly hung out behind the dow post or what is it runs over there on buffalo oh buffalo road oh yeah, rick's yeah, yeah, Rick's now or whatever the fuck it was. The what last was that iteration? What was it? What Rick's Prime Rib? Oh, it was a fucking Prime Rib place. Yeah, Damn but, white yeah, people but, had it no, rough, but they had it. <laughs> they had it like fucking back behind Rick Prime Rib. There's like two football fields worth of just like open shit, and then nothing but woods surrounding right. it. And it's like around the corner from like the corner on Mount Reed and Lyle. <laughs> like you know, like yeah, you're, Hooker Central. You're, oh, like right by the red light district where Shaw probably stomp. You're halfway right, right between Gates Motel. You're halfway between Gates Motel and the fucking roundabout. Well, what is a roundabout now, which was just like one of the worst intersections and, ever. And there was rumors that there was like radioactive like waste management going on back there that like it was just generally not a safe, healthy environment to be in. Yeah, that's probably why there. nobody did anything on it for however long and then us. all of a sudden once you were allowed we to develop shit. on it, everybody went nuts. We ran that shit. Hold on, hold on, time on, time on. I gotta describe to our viewers who are uh worldwide. Shout out to Greece where I'm big. I sell <laughs> I sell mad yogurt in Greece. If we have <laughs> Viewers, you have to have a conversation with them. Listeners, because this dude's being a fucking prick. <laughs> um, for our listeners, what are they <laughs> who aren't who aren't Rochester adjacent? Uh, there were several landmarks that were just tossed out there, and, and we want to make sure that you understand what we're talking about. So Google first it. off, uh, Lau <laughs> Avenue, Google Maps, motherfucker, you got it. Lau Avenue is the whole stroll. Everybody <laughs> knows what the in. whole stroll is. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and also uh, to add um what was it uh, motel what was it gates motel, gates motel. the gates motel oh. um if first oh. 48 was shot in the that. 80s all his episodes <laughs> would have been there they got hourly rates uh like hourly rates like when you walk up to the front desk and they go hey oh. how many hours uh, g- get ready for bed bugs bro the spot for <laughs> two 20 year old idiots <laughs> who wanted to fucking be like hey they can't tell us we can't fuck if we're not in their house. Let's fuck Let's on this get a hotel filthy room. mattress. That, yes, and see, that's why we're smart and blankets were brought. And like, no, we're going to sleep on top of a we thing on top of this blanket. bed. And then we're basically going to burn this motherfucking blanket after we leave. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my ex- getting uh, away from old people who are telling you not to fuck. My experience was a bit different because um, <laughs> I was in the hood. Um, so let me just kind of shoot out like right. one of the this little. This was the suburban version. Yeah, let's that. talk about one of the little spots not, I used to hang out Cadillac. at. We're, so we're not fucking. We're one not of the spots deep. that I used to hang out at is um, uh, Titus Titus Avenue. It's off of Hudson. I used to hang out at this place called House of Guitars. They don't know where Hudson is. Um, <laughs> hey, stop interrupting me. Um, uh, so uh, House of Guitars is off of Hudson Avenue, which in the '90s uh, would have been described as uh, Little Puerto Rico. Uh, I think if you didn't say that in Spanish, it can't be Little Puerto Rico. <laughs> it was the Cl- it was Clinton. It was Clinton. That's how they said it back then. And that's uh, just all respect to my like Spanish speakers. Like I don't know what y'all called it, so let me know. Uh, but when I used to talk to my friends and I was like, "Hey, I'm going down Hudson." I mean, you mean by Clinton? 
Yeah. The a- Las Avenidas. Yeah, like Las Avenidas, Green Thong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's uh, where you can get some things. Let's talk about some of its prime like uh, exports from Clean Thong. So f- first off, um, ass. Gunplay. Ass. True. We do live close. One was gunplay. Two was ass. <laughs> Three was <laughs> the biggest area where you would there. see the most low life white people in search of heroin. Hern. <laughs> that girl. Mm-hmm. Snow. <laughs> um, uh, that that antifreeze. Some people looking to party. Lean. The original lean. Um, so, yeah, I would run roughshod in that area, and it was primarily like an urban area. You had to walk through little Jamaica, which, like, we, I'm, we're Caribbean. They didn't really give it a special name. It's like two blocks where all the Jamaicans live. And um, then beyond that was the House of Guitars. You had to cross into, like, white people land, which is visible in Rochester. Oh, um, the whole time, this is like a two-lane that had to cross a four lane mm-hmm. into another neighborhood. And uh, shout out to the Arondacoit police uh, for brutalizing us every time. Um, so like my parents, uh, and, and not to mention the fact that this is six miles from where I live. Six <laughs> yeah, right. I was miles say, from where I live. Like this is not my neighborhood. Like the neighborhood where I used to do dastardly stand by me shit was not my neighborhood. I did not live in that neighborhood. I traveled to it. I went to school in it, but I did not live in it. I lived in the Mount Hope area, which would be considered the hippie area. Every city has one. Mm. If you smell patchouli and see lots of pop ups. Like the people serving like uh, coleslaw and cabbage ice cream. Yeah, but even, whites. Even, you see a lot of whites. Even intermingled. That, there are some hard lines on that section of road where you're seeing a lot of pop-ups and a lot of college students and a lot of that kind of thing. But at the same time, if you go two blocks that way, it used to be a fucking mess down there. Yeah, over by where fucking. Spectrum, Time Warner, the Gateway, where uh, I live, Rochester, Tell, all of those things. Uh, that shit was fucking a completely different area. There than was once a project started there. getting anywhere near. Yeah, there was like Mount the Hope fucking. Cemetery. There was like Time Warner, and then there was like that project right oh, there. And the project I used to live in was called Gateway. Gateway. It was. It was the. Yeah, it was oh, a gateway to, pay, to out of the hood. Yeah, you could get. Uh, you had to like pay to cross the parking lot. Like people uh, knew you were a stranger because everybody yeah. knew everybody. There was a twelve-story apartment building at the end of it, and then it was like part a prison-built apartments. Okay. There were like two to three bedroom prison built apartments like the idea that nowadays they're like 3d printing people little gateways out of fucking concrete and great awesome you got a little robot to fucking you out a house made out of concrete good for you that's what gateway was it was just like a concrete block that had window holes and door holes punched into it and it was just like all right here you go right so they didn't paint that shit they didn't not the just concrete we just like built the parking lot up higher and then like let people live in it so i set the scene for where i did my dastardly shit and 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 i'm gonna let andrew explain how like where we met how in my um neglecticon adventures i end up stumbling upon uh, Prince Prickery. Okay, so this Ladies is and gentlemen, Prince Prickery. This is a scenario where two people who aren't us are involved somehow, <laughs> get together, decide to start hanging out, hang out enough that the outsiders, i.e., myself and Cameron, then draw into a group of people that we weren't necessarily involved in. And then somehow become as or more intertwined than the outside group who was responsible for putting this together. Yeah. And it's like I've 
I've had the argument that like there's plenty of uh, my interactions with people that aren't my fucking fault. I've known Vaughn almost my entire life. That's on Brat. I didn't bring Vaughn to our house. I don't fucking. I wasn't responsible for that. Stevie, that motherfucker has been around for a long goddamn time. Right. This Th- is the Todd, crew. Todd brought this motherfucker home from school. So, like, you didn't start hanging out with me because you started hanging out with me. You are related to a person who was hanging out with my sister and was around me enough to have, you know, again, become part of the group to which you get drawn into. And now you're part of the group. And, oh, man, just (laughs) all the stupid shit. Going to 12 school and playing fucking handball and going and playing fucking basketball and fucking around in the goddamn woods behind the house. Now, see, this is going to speak to the idea that we grew up very close to each other. Right, right. But I was not in the same fucking world that you were. By like four blocks. And right. I mean, you're talking about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of walking. And I mean, you're obviously, not I mean, even. I mean... Uh, you know, 15-year-old trudging, walking. This is no. Today, that is that is 40 minutes because I am not walking that goddamn yeah, fast. Right. You can kiss my ass. We used to merc. I'm we old. created the word merc. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes walking as a fucking teenager got you from where you're talking about in Gateway, where you basically live in a fucking concrete Lego uh, apartment Prison. building and shit. And... My house, which is, you know, a fucking four-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath fucking house that had the double plot thing going long-wise behind it. And what butted that up was a whole motherfucking forest that just had, like, my block was, like, the entire middle of the thing was woods. So, like, I could basically cut through and go to anywhere on the entire city block that we lived on through said woods all right all right all right so we've set that up now you know what you didn't hear in all, any three of those stories you know what you didn't hear um what what did we hear in any of those stories adult supervision right <laughs> say it again Parenting. say it louder say it louder tracy Parenting. adult supervision so uh let's talk about like the how we how the, uh these instances of us just roaming the streets like uh rogues and shit like that let's talk about how that uh how that came to be. All right, so we're going to talk about my dad first. Let's hit on my dad, because at this period of time, when you and me met, um, I was wilding. First off, I was wearing, like, yeah. a, a kung fu gi no, and carrying no, a not guitar. Yet. Not yet. That wasn't it? Not yet. Carry, what was I wearing? Carrying a guitar. Was it the Skittles fucking, phase? Like, the long hair uh, Skittles phase? Band, band and or, you know, something fucking uh, pop culture t-shirt. I'm pretty sure those first couple of times... Like the whole ass denim fucking, uh, no, like Metallica jean shorts. Tattered, cut up. Like this used to be a pair of pants, but them shits were so goddamn, like, not like. Oh, I just wore the legs off those motherfuckers? Yeah, not like, and not like fucking hugging you tight, but like tight. Like these were not supposed to be shorts ever, and they just are now, but with like the Bobo Converse's. The fucking, like, the low-cut and or mid-cut joints, whatever the hell they were. Um, The cannabis neck choker? Yes. (laughs) See. (laughs) 
So my Molly. first my first impression of this person was just whole ass fucking metal nerd dorky fucking was going to fit right in because it, that's and, and then the idea that you also happen to use uh, the marijuana the Huck Finn joints. That's what yes. I used to wear, the Huck Finn yes. shorts. Yes. If and I did had, smoke a lot of marijuana. I still do. If you if you had a straw hat on, it wouldn't have surprised anyone. It wouldn't have, it like wouldn't have gone against the grid. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking two-piece. So I went through lots of iterations, but like what would yes. happen generally in the morning is I would get up and I'd listen to the new 95.195. Oh, uh, remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would play rock music until my dad became so upset with me listening to devil white people shit that he would tell me that I needed to leave. And that would be right around nine o'clock in the morning. Now, on my way to the door, he would tell me that he was going to have visitors, which meant he was going to uh, geek no and crack. beat, uh, ha- uh, uh, ingest and vibe a little uh, crack cocaine with one of his... Um, uh, what would we call these ladies of the uh, afternoon? <laughs> ladies of the mid morning. <laughs> ladies, you're gonna the come over at fucking eleven. Late 30. dusk. <laughs> like, like, what would you call? Them? We're gonna hooers. We're gonna settle, we're gonna settle in around two p.m. and then krill creatures. <laughs> Brunch broads. Yeah. So he would tell me, um, "I'm gonna have company," which meant like, "Don't fucking come back." Yeah. So, um. I wouldn't be given any allowance or money or anything like that. So I had to like navigate what my day was going to be. Now let's be real about my friendships. When I was a teenager, they all kind of revolved around like one, the need for companionship two, like literally looking for someone to tell me what to do because my parents never did. So I would always go to like people's house where there was at least one parent who was just willing to be like, become my parent for a little bit. Yes, <laughs> which um, my dad is excellent at shout out to Mr. Collins. He's um, just like, oh, you're here a lot. All right, for sitting around, <laughs> for sitting around yelling in his underwear a lot. It was cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, made, he always made a strong impression. It was very strong. I was, I thought he was fucking hilarious the first time I met him. I thought he was fucking hilarious. So I would move through the world looking for basic needs. So one would be guidance, two would be companionship, like mm-hmm. hanging out with Andrew and them. Three would be food, because my father did not provide me. Yes, anything. and at that time of my life. We did actually have enough food for people to be coming over and also eating. Right. Right. Which changed over time. Yeah. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like, a little bit. We'll get there. It may or may not have gotten a little sparse at the end. I'm good. If you hear choking and coughing and lighters and stuff in the background, you That's already know gelato. the drill. You already know the drill. Uh, grow up. Be an adult about it. We smoke weed. It's legal here. Or don't. Just shut the hell up. Uh, so, <laughs> so moving through the world, I looked for those basic those basic needs. <coughs> there it is. <coughs> Just kicking my ass. <coughs> I would say sorry, but it's my show. Suck my dick. Um, yeah, I moved through the world looking for those basic things. But, like, we kind of, like, we're on our own a little bit. Like, a little bit. All of us in our own little way, we're just kind of on our own yeah. or given too much responsibility too fast. Tracy, what could you say to that? Like... I agree. I think there's balance to it, too, because we learned a lot of really important lessons doing that. I mean, maybe not (laughs) in the safest or best way forward, but you learn a lot about yourself and autonomy and how to seek resources. That part. That's for sure. That part. That part. Because, yeah, I learned to seek out the things that I needed and others 
immediately from knowing I was never going to get him in my own household. My dad was a fucking emotionless crack monster, the premier crackhead of the greater Rochester area. <laughs> Philip, <laughs> I'm going to blank out his last name because that's my business. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he was, I, th- I think you got to meet him when you were young. Uh, well, there was that time he cuffed you in the face and uh, threatened to stab your brother oh. in front of my dad. Sounds like a Saturday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was that one time. That one time where he um, he was not the most loving man. Um, the I'm first time sure he met my Andrew, fir- he like, did punch me directly in the face and then threatened to stab my brother in front of a bunch of adults, a bunch of white with adults. Like, with like a knife you Which would need. Brave, a sh- really. Hella brave in the 90s. <laughs> Let's talk the, about that. The idea that like this was not a click knife. This was like a had a leather bag you had to put it in, sheath, fucking single-handled knife. Like, like a what knife. the fuck? <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, actually, that's a spoon. Why, you ask? Why did all of this transpire? Uh, because, and we're getting to it, uh, because we're in the neglecticons. And my dad just kind of like was not prepared to be a father ever. Ever. See, I think my experience with those things is less the, what, what are you fucking? Um, <clears throat> I'm bothering Prince Gregory for a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Who fucking, who knew? Uh the idea that like i don't know that my my parents were being neglective as much as they wanted four children to stop bothering them and or exist let just they just exist needed less. they just you said it you said exist less just well not not less just Less loudly, less uh, exist out of my space, out of my sight. A lot. It felt more like the old fucking children should be seen and not heard kind of thing. But they were like, "Hey, you know how I told you seen and not heard? Can you not be heard? Can that? Can you like to like just none of the or the scene thing? Can you not do that one either? Can you just like fuck off? (laughs) Well, my dad for an hour. My dad was literally like, "All right, I need your existence." Uh, for this uh, uh, hustle I'm about to run on everybody. But then after that, I'm just going to like disappear for a little bit. My dad was in and out. Like we lived in the same house, but there would be sometimes like months where I did not see him. Like that means like months where there was no food being in the refrigerator, uh, months where lights and like uh, electricity was possibly turned off at times. There was long periods of time where this motherfucker would be at his girlfriend's house, which was like two blocks away from us and just never check in on us. Like we were just allowed to run Russia. I didn't have a curfew. I didn't really have a time to be home. Like there was plenty of times where I was at you guys' houses, like where Mr. Collins had to ask me, like, shouldn't you be on your way home? Isn't your parents? Yeah, don't you have to walk you? home too? Yeah, isn't your dad like, well, Mr. Collins never gave me any trouble about giving me a ride home. Cause I barely asked, but like he would always be like, all right, it's like nine o'clock. Like he used to yeah. drive us home too all the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, where's your um, where where?" Yeah, no, and see, like that's your parents that, know where that's you are. the thing. Like, I I would not, I would never say that my dad was one of the ones who was neglecting anyone. I think he had a lot of faith in that his children weren't just completely stupid. But he he had also he seen and was well aware of what kind of stupid we were. 
So, like, are you going to get fucking shot or fucking murdered or any of those things? Probably not. Are you going to break your fucking leg jumping off of the back of somebody's fucking roof? Yeah, probably. Are you going to maybe set something on fire on accident? Mm, probably. Like, but, like, he didn't... I don't think there was enough there to ever say he was being neglectful. He just was okay with us not necessarily being around. What about to, what to about be loud and angry experience? and break experience? shit? Sure. I mean, I I would say the same thing. Like I had to check in before we left, and I can remember times getting in trouble because we were two minutes late, and we had to be held to this timeline. And I mean, not to say we didn't get into trouble and. Maybe not have earned some of that trust in uh, hindsight as a parent myself now, but oh yeah, I mean there was a lot more freedom to run. Was it freedom? I don't. Or know. was it lack of I care? Because in my case, in my case, it was complete lack of care. Yeah, I can't yeah. speak to y'all experience. Yeah, but with my father, it was a complete lack of care. Like he didn't care where we were unless we had money or something that he can get from us. <laughs> he didn't like care how we ate because he barely provided that um there was a period of time where we lived with my dad like i ran away from foster care to live with my dad and we lived with him for about three years before foster care caught me three years right in that three years of time living with him he never once bought me a bed i slept on the floor for three years he never bought me a bed he didn't provide me with blankets he never bought any of my clothes um now i i was like 12 to 13 so by the time you met me i was like 15 i would have said 16 17 if you had asked me but I, I think I was like I would, 15 cuz I would I would put you guys right around Aaron's age and she's um oh right around 3 or 3 and change years is older than me. Yeah, I was probably around 16, 16 going on 17. So that that number of years just like not having anything provided for you that wasn't given to you by the government. And there was periods of time where like foster care would come get me and your dad gets like visitation with you and has a number where you are and it was just like none of that. Like it was like a complete lack of care for me because like when you care about like and not being a parent but watching how other parents have progressed over time including yourselves when you care about your kids you kind of set boundaries to protect them Agreed. like my dad didn't do any of that shit yeah he's smoking crows i mean shit you are you are also talking to the person who technically on paper was grounded for like three and a half years <laughs> just like straight like basically from fucking middle school all the way through the end of high school it was just like a no you're not supposed to go anywhere do anything because you are a numbskull (laughs) (laughs) should not be out now now you were gonna do again we have to mention things like is the person bear in mind i'm pointing at myself the person who got hit by a goddamn car trying to cross the street (laughs) One of the few times my wonderful father was like, hey, you go into the world and do a thing for me. Earn my trust, boy. Bah, hit by a car. Son of a bitch. Uh, that didn't work out too tell, well. No, we got to tell a story about that. Now. Okay. I, wasn't, I don't think I was at this one. No, you definitely, you, I think that was one of the uh, lost, the, the lost periods. periods. <laughs> the, the lost periods. Because I did this thing where I disappeared a lot. Like, yeah, and then we like, just pop back right, up. It was fun, guys. Bye. <laughs> Um, so I, I, again, I go home, dad says, go to 
uh, such and such, which again, you're talking about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of walking to go to where I'm going. I was probably gone for about two and a half hours, bear in mind. So I go, I'm walking where I'm going is right next to one of the people, uh, somebody I go to school with house who had mentioned during the day that I got a bunch of drugs. I'm going to be smoking some weed after school. Drugs. And if you uh, happen to be out and about, come on by. I'll be doing drugs. Say, cool. I have an opportunity to do that. Dad sent me out into the world to go and do a thing. Why wouldn't I take advantage of that opportunity and go fucking smoke weed with somebody I fucking hang out with when I'm at school? So I go there. I do the thing. I smoke way too much weed (laughs) (laughs) and then go all right man gotta get out of here gotta go do a thing fucking do do go on my walk fucking go and pick up chainsaw blades from goddamn hardware store where they had been sharpened i go there i get them i go to cross as a a four-lane fucking uh crosswalk where you're the intersection you're dealing with is the exit of the expressway okay so uh you're talking monroe avenue and fucking yeah jesus christ so i'm crossing up there and in doing so had a wonderful experience where i go to cross the road i am supposed to be crossing the road the crosswalk says come on guy i'm in it i'm doing the thing i start I am not necessarily walking. I am not running by any means. That is not a thing Andrew has ever been known for. (laughs) Or ever will be. Running, not an Andrew trait. But in my fucking jog, I get past the oncoming traffic, the the fucking coming at me from the left side fucking traffic, Mm. and I get to the part where the traffic is coming from the right-hand side, and then all I saw was lights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I should be laughing. I literally got back. I I got out from behind two fucking cars that were parked at a, were stopped at a light waiting to go. And as soon as I got out from behind the inside car, it was headlights. Uh, they did not. They did not stop. They did not stop until after contact was made with a young boy. Meager and stature. So I wake up in the middle of the intersection and I'm like, uh, I didn't die. <laughs> Yay. <sighs> okay. How'd your dad respond? Oh, oh, there's so much more to that. Do you want to just jump to where dad finds out? Let's go to where dad finds okay, out. Okay, so I'm picked up by an ambulance and taken to a hospital. Police officers had responded to the scene. In doing so, had gone to my residence and notified my father, who uh, just so happened to be gravely ill. Uh, Had had the flu for a few days and was just like, you know, sequestered to the couch. Was not fucking functioning in the world. He is the only one home with the other children. Knock on the door. It's the cops. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Police officer speaks with my father and says, uh, are you Daniel Collins? He says, yes. He says, is this Andrew John uh, your son? He says, yes. He says, your son was hit by a car. He goes, 
okay. It, what was is he okay? Did he die? Like what? <laughs> What's going on here? No, he was taken to such and such a hospital. He's fucking being checked out. He's awake, alert, and all the other fucking fun things. Was standing on his own when we found him. Um, bear in mind, should not have been. Probably should have just stayed there. And the, like, hey, I'm okay. Somebody get an ambulance over here, but I'm not standing up. Um. So yeah, yes, this motherfucker was woken out of a Nyquil fucking stupor. To find out that his fucking 16-year-old son was struck by a vehicle in the night. So this would have been 1999. Mm, yeah, probably right around there, 98, 99, something like that. See what I did there? Circle right back around in Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Do right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Released it in was, uh, it was June, very, June it was of 1999. Good time. But like... I can still feel like the, yeah. the care and your dad's response. Cause yeah. Jamal broke his leg. Jamal was playing football. This is a bridge version. It's very quick. Um, Jamal was playing football in the back of Gateway, the prison project. Yeah. We were playing with a bunch of boys that didn't like us because we currently got bullied for being poor kids and like not yeah. having good clothes or anything like that. Um, we were playing football. Uh, Jamal got hit high-low, like an NFL hit. Mm. Um, Jamal's leg didn't make it. I ran to my apartment and I said, Dad, Jamal broke his leg. You know what his response was? Motherfucker. He said, I got to go to the spot real quick. Just bring him back here. Wow. Wow. So what I'm finding out from these stories, that we've only been talking for about 30 minutes now, what I'm finding out is I was really neglected. Yes. No, there are <laughs> levels. There are levels, levels to this shit because there is a disparity between you and me, and then there is a disparity between what I had and what she had. Absolutely. Because then she gets to move into a place where that's two different experiences with each parent. Absolutely. Jesus. Jesus. Um, yeah, just like kind of thinking back to like, to like there, there was like I was saying we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. Like when I think back to the good times, it was those times where I was just like running rampant. But at the same time, I had to. Right. Right, and ours was less of a had to, and it was more of a we were allowed to, so we did. Oh, we were right. we were raised like compared like the comparison is like we were kind of raised by like wolves. Mm -hmm. It was kind of fucked up, like, and like going on those long journeys, those long walks, and chilling in like the fields, and like going to Pinnacle Hill. Those were all good times, but I was always like starving. My parent did not know where I was, did not care. Um, we we did a lot of shit that would have been considered like shenanigans, but we kind of did it to survive, like right, robbing. The, uh, what was it? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was Wilson Farms. Yeah, we used to just rob Wilson Farms. We used to just go rob Wilson Farms. Uh, what else did we used to do? We used to go to Hard Pack and like rush one person buy a pair of sneakers to help people steal stuff. Um, like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to oh, Hard Pack. No longer exists. Um, part of your inventory uh, lives in my closet. <laughs> to this day. Or at least, right, or at least made it for quite some time. I, still I, don't, have, I, don't, have I, hard, I don't have Hard Pack stuff anymore. I still have a single pair of Converse that I bought from there. They're like size 11s. Mm -hmm. Like fucking boat shoes. I was on my fucking Fred Dirt shit back then. Getting fucking Wilson Farms. Oh, that place will always have a special place in my heart because of the time that that fucking lady was, uh, was fucking like roughhousing Todd, who was like eight. 
And my mother went down there and fucking cursed that lady out so goddamn hard. And we ah, and being like 10 years old and sitting in the car and being able to audibly hear through a glass door, my mother just whole ass dragging this bitch out of a fucking it, with with her words because my mother was not trying to go to jail, but was da- for damn sure going to let that lady know that if she ever put her hands on her fucking son ever again, she was going to die. I remember Wilson Farms because it was just like one of our main stops on a daily basis. Like, I yeah, had to because fucking, fucking penny Slurpee. candy was real, and you could go down there and get whatever the fuck you wanted. I had to go wanted. down there and get the dollar Slurpee joint. We had a 7-Eleven. Yeah, I was going to say, we had a fucking Wilson Farms, and they those motherfuckers had exactly what we needed, which was candy for under a quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, two airheads for a quarter, man. Two whole airheads for a quarter. Now, look how old we sound being like, hey, remember when you used to be able to walk into the store with a dollar? <laughs> right. We might as well be talking about egg creams and shit. Right. Like, remember you could walk into the store with a Let's dollar down, and you didn't pay tax on Go down anything? to the five dime get shit? a phosphate. <laughs> egg cream. <laughs> I'm going to go get a malt. Me and my girl went down to the old Wilson Farms and got a malt. We got two straws. Yeah, like, uh, all the good times I do remember were just generally around, like, other kids. Like, we lived, like, Lord of the Fly shit for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I was definitely on some Lord of the Fly shit. And it was, it's nice to know that beyond whatever the hell, you know, somebody like my dad, to some extent, someone like my mom, was not necessarily providing as much care as maybe we wanted or needed but had space to allow other people in to get care they weren't getting. Mm. Yeah. Because definitely got having food like and having fucking shelter them. and having all of those things available to you were things that my parents could offer to you. Now, again, I might be sitting here and being like, yeah, no, I could literally just be like, all right, I'm going to go fuck off outside and have someone just be like, okay. Yeah. That yeah. is technically neglectful is it get out of my house so i can do crack neglectful <laughs> no no not at all like no I'll leave my house for long periods of time and if you uh, there's um, one time where like your dad brought us home me and jamal like drove us home it was like 9 30 at night it was like a snowstorm so he's just being nice because we were gonna walk so mr collins was like oh i'll give you guys a ride and we get in the car and he drives us all the way to our house and my dad like says no like my dad was just like, no, like come back tomorrow. And so we walk back down the stairs. Mr. Collins is just turning his car around to leave. And he sees us and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm right. like, yeah, I just our, sent you in there. Yeah. Our dad said, no, he said, come back tomorrow. Mr. Collins was like, just get in the car. Like he was just through with it. He was like, just get in the car. We slept on like <sighs> the couch mine. downstairs and shit. Like, like that kind of shit. Like, it, like we all felt it a little bit but it's just like comparing our stories currently i'm like god damn yo like on top of all the fucking dysphoria and like hiding being gay that i was dealing with i was also like fucking leader and lord of the neglecticons yep like i had no idea like and then like growing up and like interacting with other people's families i still see it in myself how i'm like well because like there's nobody for me to to answer to to that extent like I get that shit too. And certainly not to the same fucking extent, degree, level, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know how many times I've been to motherfuckers' houses like, 
wait. You do this all the time? Right. You guys you guys talk you guys to each have other? Fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, to an extent, like the life I grew up with was this bathroom works. We don't go in there. Like <laughs> going into a house that had two whole ass functioning bathrooms. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Me walking into the house with two bathrooms. Period. <laughs> like, right, two um, toilets that are, that are hooked up and work in the same house. God damn! And then because of nice. the because of the way we grew up, because my mom had more kids than me and my twin brother. Now at this time, I was still technically in foster care, even though I was running away constantly because I would rather be around my abuser than live in the system. <laughs> That's another story. Um, mm-hmm. My sisters, like, and my little brother grew up in a completely different style of parenting so there wasn't as much of what me and jamal went through me and jamal ran the fucking streets Mm -hmm. like and then there was there we got grounded all the time whenever like my mom just got fed up with like us asking questions we would just get grounded like for stupid shit like oh there was a sponge on the sink or like i'm gonna chastise you guys all night because somebody left a single like ramen noodle on the counter (laughs) <laughs> like that kind of shit. Like my mom was done to that kind of shit, and she was heavy into drugs at that time, which I didn't know for years after that. Um, so like the style of parenting from my dad to my mom, over time, my dad's style of parenting has never changed. My mom's style of parenting is several has been several different iterations. Mm-hmm. Like before she passed on, she was like more of like a a listening like kind of supportive mom. But when I was like in my early like teens, like. 11 and 12 like it was very very difficult to communicate with her and her style of um parenting was very authoritarian but it wasn't for my benefit Mm. right it wasn't for my benefit at all it's a punishment for looking like my father yikes Mm. (laughs) like like saying that out loud i'm like wow like jesus christ like that's fucking insane but like just hearing like those little stories and stuff like that like it does give me a glimpse of like how there was joy in my like youth Mm -hmm. but it also shows me like those long gaps in my memory that i don't remember because i was just fucking running wild right surviving like literally in survival mode from like the age of like 12 until now like i'm still in survival mode and that 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 those small moments of neglect that seem so small now were like huge in my development as a human being. Like I became paranoid. I became like a, like a food hoarder at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been times where like in my youth where I was very manipulative to get the things that I wanted. And all of that came from like having to be scarcity. Like, like right. being like, oh, right. like, like I still have to check myself sometimes. Like, well, even when I'm here, like you guys make dinner or something like that, and I'm like, am I eating too much? Mm. You know, because I used yeah. to do that. Like, somebody would be like, hey, you can have some, and I'd be like, well, this is going to be the only time I eat today. I'm going to eat as much as possible. Right, absolutely. So I have to like check myself about that stuff still to this day at 41. Like, um, yeah, but there were a lot of good times, like the long walks, like us going to parks and shit like that. Yeah. Us trying to be skateboarders, us <laughs> trying to be in bands, <laughs> us uh, worshiping Dirty Arnie. Uh, All hail to Dirty Arnie. All there is hail. a freedom in not being observed by somebody you feel like you need to kowtow to. Like you can kind of find your wings more. I mean, sometimes at the detriment of your own health and safety, but. Right. You know, you are kind of allowed to spread them out farther. 
Well, just that. Like, I, I don't, I, I appreciate whatever level of neglect my parents' style of parenting may have included in those times because I got to do shit like that. I know there's a motherfucking dirt fucking bike ramp up at the top of fucking Pinnacle Hill because I walked my bitch ass up there and did it. If I had to worry about whether or not mom and dad were going to come with me or, you know, whether or not they knew exactly where the fuck I was, where the fuck I was going, I wouldn't have gotten to experience half of the shit I got to experience uh, in my life. Was it Pinnacle? Pinnacle? Like, Was it Pinnacle, Mm. what we used to call it? Well, I, Pinnacle Pin- Hill. Pinnacle Hill is the one that's right up the street. Yes. So Pinnacle Hill. Let me. Really, I want to describe. Literally the highest point in Rochester. It's like the highest point in Rochester. Uh, it has shifting like cliffs in it, like <sighs> land that just falls. Um, and there's no gates. There's no like real like barriers. So you could fall in certain points of this bitch and like really hurt yourself. And parents were just like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at Pinnacle Hill all day. Well, and it, it was just that. It was a, it was enough trust in my child to know they're not gonna go up into Pinnacle Hill and die. They can't all go up there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they can't go. Some of them are gonna save some. Yeah. Are you gonna let eight year old Todd go alone? No. Uh, fucking thirteen year old Brad. Bye. <laughs> and then there was a safety in the pack too. Like if, if once you had a pack to run with. Everything felt a little yeah. safer. I ran with several packs of my youth. I didn't have very many. See, there, there's another difference. So I didn't do a lot of this stuff very often because I didn't really have anybody to safely do it with. Or who I felt safe doing it with, I guess. Maybe it's a better way to say it. At least you, moments. You're right. Well, at least you were cognizant enough that, like, hey, like, some of this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if I should go do oh, it yeah. myself. No, I mean, I missed out on some really bad decision making. I totally would have participated in because I'm a really good <laughs> follower. But <laughs> <laughs> I do more not having done some of that stuff, too. Like, having put your wings out. I used to fuck a while out. I used to fuck a while out. I put myself in several, de- like, dangerous situations just because, like, I felt like I had to. Like, no thought of, like, safety or anything like that, but just being like, oh, like, if I go, I'm going to get high for free. If I go, I'm going to I'm gonna eat. If I go, at least I won't be outside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they'll let me spend the night. You know what I mean? It was that kind of shit for, like, years. And, like, just looking back on it now, um, there are some fond memories in it, but, like, the comparison today, like, is fucking eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot for, like, me to, like, process. And I think, like, me and my therapist are going to have a very long talk <laughs> this week about, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is where that came from. Like, yeah, yeah like, I, I feel like I'm Lord of the Neglecticons. Like, just listening to it now, like, no birthdays. There was no special holidays in my house, no decorations. It was just, like, four walls, a television, a couch. I kept you warm. In my dad's sometimes. room. Like, you know what I'm saying? My dad had his room, which was, like, it was furnished. But, mm-hmm. like, me and Jamal were, like, sleeping on floors, and, like, we didn't have hangers. So our clothes were, like, folded on the floors and closets. Mm. Um, like, Jesus Christ, like, we really went through some shit. Um, well, we've been talking about 46 minutes now, and I think there needs to be a part two to this episode. Agreed. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everybody sign. more trauma. I'm going to let everybody sign out first. Right. So uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to say bye first? Uh, take it easy, fuckers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, check us out on all our socials. 
uh, just read the bio above. I know you're watching this on Spotify or iTunes. It's right there. I'm old and I'm high. Um, this show, uh, Tranos and the Lived Experience, my, I'm your host, Kamrayin Elin Maharet Jarrell, also known as Queen Yoten, a.k.a. Tranos, BKA uh, CEO of the Amazon Style. This is Tranos and the Lived Experience, uh, the show that could have died hundreds of times in its childhood. <laughs> like literally hundreds mm. of times, like literally got into like the stranger's car. Yeah. There was no stranger danger for this episode really or this no show. There was none. Um, once again, this has been Tranos and the Lived Experience. Um, I'll give baby step.